Hello and welcome to the Gorillas Art Book Podcast. My name's Kate Bryan and I'm here to celebrate the new Gorillas Art Book, going behind the scenes with some of the artists featured. As well as never before seen work by Gorillas co-founder Jamie Hewlett, the book brings together a global lineup of artists who have all created their own interpretations of the iconic Gorillas band members. I'll be talking to a few of the artists that have contributed work to this illustrious new book, as well as a rare in-depth interview with Hewlett himself. I'll be asking the contributing artists how they arrived at their artwork and how on earth they tackled the challenge of rethinking something so well known and loved. Hopefully we'll also get to the philosophical stuff. What does art mean beyond the printed page? How does it shape culture and thought more widely? I want to know the ways in which they think art can connect and inspire us. Right, let's get to the good stuff. In this episode, I'm joined by the Cuban artist, Vanessa R. Del Rey. Vanessa began her career doing concept art for animation. She's best known for her work on the hit comic book series and The Empty Man, published by Boom Studios. She's also illustrated Scarlet Witch, Spider-Man Alpha and Daredevil Annual, all for Marvel Comics. Her impactful work has a gothic noir quality to it, full of detail, with lots happening in the shadows. Vanessa, thank you so much for chatting to me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You're there in New York. I'm here in London. Tell me, how did it feel when you first heard that Jamie wanted you to to make a work for the book, that you were going to basically be sort of gifted his creations to do what you wanted with? <laughs> very, very excited. I'm a big fan of his work, so I was really honoured and impressed that he would ask me to participate. <laughs> Did you feel a bit nervous? Because obviously what Jamie's done is so well known and like they're, they're characters, but they're sort of feel like really part of our shared cultural landscape all over the world. So then then do you think, well, how much am I allowed to change? What do I do? How does this fit in with what I do? I mean, I guess it's excitement at first and then the reality must kick in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was definitely very nervous and wanted to do well and something that would actually impress him <laughs> not so much everyone else but him but I just did what I wanted to do and had fun with it for myself so your work really has a strong narrative quality to it I mean everyone's approached it so differently in the book but you've um, really gone for this fantastic sequential series and the you know it's almost like every picture is worth a thousand words and I was wondering if you could talk us through the series I'm just going to count the pages we've got here we've got one two three four Five very full pages, each one with a distinct narrative really taking us through this storyboard brought to life. It's fantastic. Tell us tell us what's happening. Uh, the assignment was just to create a short sequence uh, with the band members. I chose Noodle. Uh, she's my favorite. And I just did a little short sequence of her descending to hell and being captured by demons. <laughs> uh, and being rescued by Murdoch, and I won't—I don't want to give a lot away, so people can read it. <laughs> okay, because that was my next question. Because I imagine it's really irritating if someone says a picture is worth a thousand words, and tell me what the tell me what all your exquisite art is about. Because you're like, well, I don't want to tell you what it's about because that's why I made the art. That's what the art's for. <laughs> so, <laughs> to a certain extent, I suppose what you're doing is you resist words. I mean, you've obviously used words in here, you use them for great effect, and you're referencing a lot of great comic book traditions with the placement and the power and the impact and the way that the words work. But I guess a lot of the time you want to give the right amount of information, maybe 
maybe not too much information. How much work do you want the viewer to do? How important is that? Comics, I mean, it's just a few images that tell a story. Uh, the in-between panels is when the viewer actually puts it together themselves and looks at the thing as a whole uh, story. It's very important for me to keep the reader engaged in the story, in the page. So I try to leave some of the art to be interpreted by the reader. I don't. I like to keep it energetic and moving and fast and with some sort of character and also have the reader interpret it the way that they want or that they see. I keep a lot of things in the shadows for that reason. A lot of dark in my pages. Yeah, I see it and I love it. I feel it. They, they like really give off such a strong vibe. Even just like really um, simple, elegant choices you make, which is just how you do the edges of a lot of your work, where you give them this kind of like really scratchy kind of lightning bolt, like it could be like an electricity wire running around the edge of the page and you leave that blank space. So there's an awful lot condensed into each scene and like each page of the book might have like three or four, sometimes even five scenes in it. But you, it's interesting the way that you always seem to just leave enough thinking space though. And I think you touched on that nicely, which is that idea that you read one scene and you're like, okay, right, he's on stage. What? And then you're, so you, but then you leave enough space to just work out what's happening right next to it. There's just always this little beat. How conscious are you of those kind of thinking moments? It's kind of subconscious at this point <laughs> for me. Mm. It's a kind of automatic response to trying to tell a story. I studied comics and practiced uh, for almost 10 years now. So when I approach a story, the storytelling just comes naturally to me. I just think of the progression and what I need to say and how I need to say what I need to focus on to make this story effective. And I'm not surprised that Noodle was your um, focus because I, I, having looked at a lot of your work now, I can see that you have a, a, a pretty sort of like woman-led aesthetic. You do these fantastic range of female characters, mm. always very strong, not afraid to be sensual. And it's obviously as a fellow woman, it's just like really wicked to see that. And I'm sure you've got a, a, a huge female following as well. But I was thinking about how it must feel when people probably say, oh, well, yeah, of course you would choose Noodle because you're a woman. Because actually there's a lot of artists in the book who have focused on Noodle who are guys. And I guess there's that kind of like inbuilt sexism, isn't there? That we say, oh, well, you know, that's how that's how that works. Um, and I wondered how much, especially being in an industry which is historically male dominated, you kind of come up against those um Th those sort of misapprehensions or just those kind of like lazy thought associations that is that we're all trying to get out of our heads well she used my favorite because she was the token girl right the token female of the group and it spoke to me closely because i was that girl growing up i was the token girl with the group of guys that listened to rock and roll and you know were the bad boys so yeah very much identify with her for that reason Do you still feel like you're often the only woman in a in a room? Like if you're very much at a so. convention, yeah. So why? What do you think needs to change? How's that gonna? How, how are we gonna get anywhere near where we need to be in terms of inclusivity? 
on that well, front? Well, uh, having definitely more female, impo- more females in power, more females curating the work like you do, mm. uh, more females in in powerful positions that give the door to other female creators. That's the mm. way that it's gonna. And also, you know, males uh, focusing on female creators as well, giving them the chance to express themselves make it more popular do you, do you think there's a healthy appetite from a female audience for comics i would say so it's made by males for males and just just not a lot of variety in the stories it's just mm. uh, the same kind of story over and over again and the same kind of problems so we need other perspectives yeah well you're busting it wide open and you're doing it brilliantly um i was wondering how much you pre-plan and how much just comes out because it it feels like you're just the kind of furnace of art making i mean there's like hot and it's intense and it's like it sort of burns through the page what you're doing and i mean i actually am looking at a page with a big sort of fireball in it and there's car chases and you know it feels like no one's ever no one's sitting still on a sofa in the things that you're making yeah <laughs> and um, and i was wondering like that feels like there's such a furious quality to it that it feels like it just pours out of you but how much do you really sit and plan like every single thing that you're going to do or how much do you still get to play and have intuition just like a kid making art does i don't really do preliminary character designs or anything like that like costume sketches or anything i just go right into the pages and what comes out comes out after that i refine the drawings and ink it and then color it (laughs) so are you doing everything by hand still uh the coloring is is digital but uh, the drawings are ink on paper and do you think you'll ever change that it's been really interesting speaking to sort of like a spread of different people working who've all made work for the book and everybody's approach is pretty different and everyone has got a sort of different relationship with digital creation and how much they use it and where they draw different lines. Yeah, I do both. Uh, I enjoy both, but there's something mm. about the actual paper and the actual ink that just it's hard to let go of for me. I guess that's probably what you've done since you were a kid as well. Like, I yes. assume you, like, looking at these, I just, I get the sense that you, you were doing this from, like, <laughs> from very young. Definitely, yeah. My grandma was a painter, and so she was my first teacher. Oh, thanks, grandma. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Because your style is very, I've talked about it sort of like noir and it's gritty. You've conjured this whole kind of universe that's distinctly your own you know and I talked about there being things in the shadows and you know that you see sort of all this really cool stuff happening in the darkness but then the actual application and the line is often quite sort of impressionistic in Mm -hmm. in parts which is a which is a nice disconnect which works really well and I was wondering like how you arrived at that particular kind of um, juxtaposition between like the basically the hard and the soft yeah, uh, it comes from grandma also. Um, she had a bunch of impressionist books laying around the house. Um, so it's like Renoir meets Marvel. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, uh, Toulouse-Lautrec and uh, Monet, Manet, everybody. Nice. So I was very much into that and how animated the paintings looked, you know, how mm. just all the brushstrokes put together and then you back away and then it looks like this whole realistic thing. But the light and the expression just captured me from very early on. I was like, I don't know, maybe five, six years old, uh, looking at these books. And also animation, I'm a very big fan of animation. So I try to keep the line kind of like moving, feeling animated. 
that's what I'm trying to achieve. Well, I was wondering whether or not you listen to music when you're working and what kind of music you listen to, because I've kind of got this image of you kind of like wandering the halls of the Frick collection, looking at all their impressionist <laughs> paintings, but with maybe some pretty heavy music in your ears like that. That would kind of kind of sum up what you're able to achieve on the page. <laughs> that's perfect. That's right. Very much into heavy metal growing up. I mean, electronic music, too. But my earliest my earliest influences were heavy metal music. So you grew up in Cuba, so you're looking at your grandmother who's painting, which is fantastic. And I was wondering what the landscape was. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure whether or not you would have had many comics in Cuba at the time you were growing up. What was, what was the scene like? Not at all. I, there was no access to any comics outside of the country or produced by the government. I would have to befriend somebody that had family outside of Cuba and would bring over things from the outside like like comics like there was a lot I read a lot of Batman some Lobo comics with uh, Simon Bisley drawings in it a lot of manga artists Ghost in the Shell Masamunashiro but not a lot. So is that sort of basically becomes like contraband material? Does it get passed yes. around and everyone's <laughs> like, God, I want to see that. I want to see that. Give yes. me the manga. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And were you taking direct references from those comics that were like the contraband comics and then sort of w- playing with them and w- reworking them yourself? Is that how you sort of effectively taught yourself to do it through those comics? Yeah, it was a, it's a mix of all that and looking at animation as well. I also looked at a lot of heavy metal magazine where uh, there were some Mobius comics in it. Big fan of Mobius. Yeah, it was really crazy. The same thing for music. There was no access to any music outside of a lot of Cuban music. There was no no heavy metal. There was no electronic. And this is me, like being a teenager in the in the late 90s in Cuba. So when it came to actually sort of starting to work and study, did you do that in the States or were you initially doing it in Cuba? I went to art school in Cuba, but the education I got there was very traditional, very academic, uh, fine art education. There was no no pop, mm. no really no pop art education, barely any conceptual art education. When I left the country, it was when uh, they were starting to look into modern art <laughs> in school. So I didn't really get into comics until I, I got to the United States. Mm. And then I guess there was no stopping you. <laughs> no, yeah, I had the internet too, so I went crazy. <laughs> um, and so, how did you how did you find your feet in in that world? How did you get your first gigs? I went to college here in the U.S. in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, there, I met my peers mostly. Uh, gave me materials to look at uh, things that were popular, artists that were hot at the time. Uh, I looked at uh, Ashley Wood work during my early years in college you know more access to materials so then in college I came into a class with George Pratt who's a painted comic artist Uh, he was my main my main influence during my college years and he had a a comic class that I took Uh, there was a lot of history in comics there and I did a lot of practice and did uh, some short stories and I haven't stopped since. <laughs> That's brilliant. 
So how does it feel to be part of this book, It's So Wicked? Because it just brings together creative people from all over the world. There's so many countries represented, so many styles, so many different approaches. Everybody's got their own particular take. It's obviously just a hugely inspiring subject to be given, right? The gorillas is just great fun and there's so there's such a so much sort of back catalogue you can go through and pick out and and also people have just invented entire new scenarios for themselves like you have as well and I'm just wondering how it feels to be part of something like that which is this this sort of big fat global art book spanning all these different countries which actually came together during a really tough time for everybody and a global pandemic so it's sort of interesting little kind of historical capsule as well I guess. Mm -hmm. No I feel very lucky fortunate to be part of of this uh, roster of artists and this idea, this, this project, to be able to be seen by so many people all over the world that are going to get to look and read my, my little story. <laughs> it feels incredible. Do you feel that it's quite sort of isolating doing what you do or do you feel like part of a community where you are? I was talking to Jamie about this and he was saying that, you know, he's always really admired Damon because he's been able to sort of jam with different musicians and they can be in the same room and they can vibe off each other and you can have all of these sort of different sounds coming together and people collaborating and in real time, whereas it's not really the same with artists and in fact artists often feel quite isolated just working alone in their studios and I was wondering what the landscape is like for you do you rather are you happier being on your own or do you want to connect with other creators I am not very social (laughs) just naturally I'm really shy so I feel fine working by myself in the dark (laughs) uh, in a little (laughs) hole (laughs) with the music blaring yeah that feels fine to me but sometimes I do miss being social but with the internet I mean it's really easy to just uh, be uh, in contact with people it's super global and I can just be anywhere I mean on a screen but I feel connected still Mm. but yeah it is very lonely uh, being a comic artist as someone who's sort of naturally introverted do you think in a way that making art is your way of communicating with the world more easily is this does this save you a lot of other effort yes (laughs) Uh, for sure I mean it's a little bit of a therapy as well to to do what I do Uh, especially if I'm working on something that is just for me Um, but there's a little piece of me in all the things that I do for sure you know my perspective my experiences uh, the way I I see things so yeah. yeah, well, it feels um, it feels cathartic just reading it for me. So um, whatever you're doing is working. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to me, Vanessa. Congratulations. This is um, this is a really cool piece. Thank you so much, Kate. That's all that we've got time for in this episode of the Gorillas Art Book Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe, follow, and rate this podcast on whichever platform you use. Bye.